0: Welcome, Alana. It is fantastic to have you on the podcast today. I have actually been looking forward to having a conversation for you quite some time now because I've been following you on Instagram. And after I saw some of your stories, I said, I want to be her friend. (laughs) (laughs) And so I'm excited to chat with you today.
1: I love that. I'm so excited to be here and to get to be a part of what you're doing with Build a Better Family is just incredible, and it's right in line with what we're gonna talk about, just being intentional and helping people to do that and know that they need to do that.
0: Yeah, all right, so a question (laughs) we ask everyone is what is your
1: family known for? Okay, I did think about this ahead of time, and I think that what we're known for is leadership, and that's kind of a big word, but it's something that we are intentional in teaching our kids and so we expect that of them that they're leaders in rooms that they go into that they're active and and not passive and that they're helpful and they're looking for ways to help other kids you know in their church mm-hmm. whatever and then obviously my husband and I've been in leadership for a long time so I, I think that's it. Mm-hmm. it feels like a really like big thing to say but really we're all leaders yeah yeah you know?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I love taking leadership school skills and applying them to family and not letting anybody mm. off the hook to say, I'm not a leader. Cause if you're a parent, you're a leader. If yeah. you've been placed in any kind of group dynamic where, you know, more than somebody else, you're a leader and we can learn mm. to step into that. It may not, we don't necessarily have to have the title to be leaders, but I do believe that we were created to be leaders. So that's fantastic Absolutely. that you guys are doing that and teaching your kids to do that as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I wanted to talk to you today about critical thinking, why it's important, and how we can teach our kids to do it. So let's just jump right in and talk to us about what critical thinking is, because I don't know that a lot of us are using it these days. (laughs) Can I
1: say that? (laughs) Hey, it's your show, and you said it, I didn't say it. Yeah, critical thinking is actually. I, this is my, my simple definition that I, that I think is a good jumping off point is the analysis of facts to form a judgment. Mm -hmm. So if you want to get like in an educational, intellectual space, the, the definitions of, of critical thinking are vast and varied and everybody has their own and there's not really like a standard one. And then there's so many different facets to it, but basically it's thinking carefully and critically about a fact, an idea, any sort of information that you've been presented with, being rational about it using reason rather than emotional visceral reactions taking stock of the various different perspectives that might be around the the mm-hmm. that particular issue being intentional about how you're thinking about it you need self control it's like a self they would say like self regulatory and you know you're you're looking for you're, you're doing your best to look for an unbiased examination of of the facts so that you can come to a conclusion
0: mm-hmm. and
1: have an opinion and Be able to take action on it.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I was joking sort of when I said that many of us aren't doing it. But but do you think people are doing less of it these days? I mean, I I feel like we're spoon-fed everything, Mm -hmm. and especially when I see the conversations I have with my kids, they—I can remember when they were little. They came home one day from school and I forgot what it is that they were talking about. And I think I said the opposite of whatever their teacher said. And they were like, but mom, mm. she's a teacher and you're not. And I was like, hold right. up. Okay. <laughs> and it was something very simple. Like, I don't remember what it had to do with, but I was like, I know things. Let's, let's like yeah. talk about this more, right? And yeah. so, yeah, what do you think?
1: I I agree. I think that people do less because we already have this this kind of situation as human beings where our brains need to fill in the gaps Mm -hmm. they need our brains need to compartmentalize things and group things together and so that we can just analyze things quickly so we're already starting with that you know Mm -hmm. and then we're living in a time where we have so much information in our faces constantly and I think that there's something unfortunate that has happened that there are a couple of organizations that are trying to work against this, which is that the, a lot of the news that we get isn't factual, Mm -hmm. just reporting its Mm -hmm. analysis, its opinion pieces, but we accept them as being just the bare facts. And so we, I think, I think a lot of people don't realize that they're not critically thinking. They think that they're doing their due diligence by reading you know, seeing a headline and reading the article, Mm -hmm. but they don't realize that what the information that they're being given has already been sifted through various different biases and for various different reasons. And that's what they're actually getting. Mm -hmm. And then also, I mean, it's it can be a, a lot of work. It can feel like a lot of work to think critically about something. Yeah, And it's hard to know, what do I really need to like go through all of this effort and research or whatever it is what, what issues do I really need to do that on? And what issues can I just go, okay, well, everybody's kind of agreeing with this. So, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. whatever that that's where, I mean, something I like to call personal epistemology can be really helpful because mm-hmm. it, it can just be a lot to try to think critically about things all the time. And so you, when you have build out, we we're, weren't planning on talking about this, but when you build <laughs> out a personal epistemology for yourself, like a way of knowing okay, I can trust these sources. I can, I. Mm -hmm. oh, this is a red flag. If everybody is saying this certain thing in this way and it's coming from these sources, that's a red flag to me. That's something I do need to look into. Mm -hmm. But if it's coming from these other sources and it doesn't have these other buzzwords and I can see the type of language that they're using, I can go, oh, okay, I can probably trust this. I don't need to do a ton of digging on this Mm -hmm. particular thing. So yeah, I, I think it's we're in, you know, with I love social media. I'm never gonna be like, you know, oh social media is the devil. But obviously any tool can be used
0: yeah.
1: for, for good or for harm. You can use a hammer to build something or tear something down. Yeah. So, you know, with with shorter attention spans and tons of information, it's hard you know and yeah. it takes it takes intentionality it takes careful thinking yeah you
0: know we're talking about social media or even the things that we see in the news but i i know i can remember growing up and and pretty much the churches that i've been a part of have always said don't take my word for it you get into mm. the bible you mm-hmm. read about it don't just repeat what i've said you need to get revelation of that on your own and so that's been so encouraging because it makes me feel safe It makes me feel like okay you're not expecting me to just show up and mimic what you've said because that's what i'm supposed to say Mm -hmm. and that gives me the freedom and the confidence to then go do my digging i mean i don't i don't always come home every sunday trying to dismantle my pastor's sermon (laughs) (laughs) certainly not i don't have the time or the energy for that but you know what i mean i feel like i've had permission and so I do think that if you're in a space where they're saying, no, you don't need to do your own research, I've done it all for you, then that's probably a red flag.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And the Bible is, I mean, the entire book of Proverbs is about wisdom and Mm -hmm. getting wisdom, seeking out wisdom, which is something that God created us to be able to do. Our Mm -hmm. brains can seek out wisdom and can apply knowledge to Facts and come up with opinions and make judgments, and that's mm-hmm. critical thinking to yeah. form a judgment ultimately. And actually, wrote down a couple of scriptures Proverbs 14 the simple believes everything, but the prudent gives thought to his steps. And Proverbs 19 enthusiasm without knowledge is no good, haste makes mistakes. Mm. So, like, there's a lot of enthusiasm without knowledge going on yeah. lately. And I mean, James one says that we can ask God for wisdom and he will give it to us liberally, but we have to believe and not doubt. So, you know, God's will for us is that we would test and approve every spirit, like Mm -hmm. test prophecies against the word of, of, of God. That's what they would do when they would, when Jesus would go into the temples when he was growing up. And they were discussing the scriptures. They were reasoning with the scriptures. They weren't just like reading them out and then going home. They were talking about them and trying to understand them with reason and knowledge and with their minds, Mm -hmm. um, with the help of of God, obviously. So I think as Christians, like we're stewards of our own minds that God has given us the gift of our minds the gift of the ability to reason. Mm-hmm. We need to steward that gift. We need to mm-hmm. train it up. We need to, to use it. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. You know, and one thing that's frustrating about the media, just I'll pick just one, is that, <laughs> <laughs> you know, a lot of facts and details will come af- out long after the story is no longer making headlines. And often we don't yep. ever <laughs> hear what they actually found out. Yeah. Things are going so fast because they can now with our handheld devices, that there's no time to to do the digging, to do the fact checking, to do the searching. And so we often believe the first thing that we hear. Yeah. It just, we know, and I know so many people that know that, but we still fall into that trap.
1: Yeah, and it's hard, you feel, especially as somebody, people who are active on social media you know, I joke sometimes with people like, we all need content. <laughs> like, <laughs> <but> we, <laughs> like, It doesn't even matter what it is. We just need content. Cause we feel like we have to be posting all the time. And, and there's definitely a sense of like, you can miss the moment and mm-hmm. you can't try to talk about that thing. That's all, like, it's already happened. We've already decided what it meant. And mm-hmm. the facts are, we're not interested in that. That's over. Like you missed it. And I've tried, especially last year, at the height of some of the more controversial situations that were going on in our country i intentionally didn't talk about them right away mm. i intentionally waited and i and when i did talk about them i said i waited <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for a reason i waited because i knew that i've seen this movie already the yeah. facts come out later people have reactions and a lot of the people who the way that we react is we go there's this it, to me, it's absolutely uh, difficult to understand. But people will say, you know, and don't come in here with the facts later on and say that it's something else. But what if it is something else once we yeah. have all facts? <laughs> yeah. So there, there's, there's also a, a resistance I think to thinking critically about things, mm-hmm. to accepting that, to accepting facts that would change the way you feel about. A particular situation. Like mm-hmm. we don't want to, he- people don't want to hear it. A lot mm-hmm. of people, yeah, um, not everyone, obviously. And when it comes to, you know, the current health crisis, I've had many conversations with people where they, they struggle to choose between new information that could give them a level of freedom in their life mm-hmm. and worry or concern or fear That they just, they can't, they can't let go of it. And they've decided, like intentionally decided that they're not going to allow the new information to change their minds. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's a struggle. And at that point you go, sometimes you have to go, okay, Godspeed. Yeah, (laughs) I'm going to talk, try to talk to people who, you know, To him who has ears to hear, let him hear. And I'm going to talk to these people over here and that's fine. And you're open arms, but maybe we'll just put a pin in this conversation. for now. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, because narrative is so much more powerful sometimes than actual facts. Absolutely. Depending on who gets that narrative and run with it, you know, and I even, you know, I even on a personal level, I've got to stop myself to dig in the truth of the lies that I believe what is the narrative mm-hmm. that's being spun in my head about what I think about myself or what I think mm-hmm. about my neighbor or mm-hmm. and and how do I stop those to find out the truth to find out what the truth is that God says about me to find out the truth about um, what my family might think of me like is every sort of dismissal a rejection no I have to deal mm-hmm. with that even on our uh, so I guess you'd say I have to think critically even when it comes to my relationships you know, in my life and what I experience from day to day. And when I can do that, I think it's such a much better outcome than when I let things spin and spin and spin and spin, because I could certainly do that.
1: Yeah. And, and I mean, nobody wants to be wrong. Nobody wants to find out that they're not as wonderful as they think they are. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And I mean, even when we get into a cycle of, um, believing a lie about ourselves or Mm. believing negative things i mean this is just a crazy you know we'll have to ask god about it at some point Mm. it's like you know why why do we find lies sometimes more comfortable than the truth Mm. and it's like we've gotten comfortable with and why would i prefer to believe a negative thing as opposed to a positive thing it's like a small example my daughter so. I'm African-American. My husband is half Japanese and half German, axis of evil. That's a joke Um, (laughs) that we all make together. So, but so my kids look kind of mixed up, can't really pinpoint it. And it depends on where they are and what the types of minorities are in that area that people Mm -hmm. will kind of assume of what assume Mm -hmm. what they are we actually lived in Canada for six years my daughter was born in Canada Mm -hmm. and so uh, and then we lived in Pennsylvania and now we live in Florida so it kind of just depends but a long story short you know sometimes people will look at her like when we're in public or whatever and she has this all this wavy hair it's really thick and she has Asian eyes and but this hair that is obviously not Japanese and one time she you know she asked me like why are they looking at me? Oh, oh, oh. She was upset about it. And I said, Well, we don't know why they're looking at you. This is this is an example of how you can teach your kids critical thinking mm-hmm. without making it like a moment of, mm-hmm. you know, like, hi, we're going to have a critical thinking lesson. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, you know, well, we don't know why they're looking at you, do we? Well, no. So if we don't know why they're looking at you, why would we assume that it's a bad reason? if we can just imagine any reason, why wouldn't we uh, imagine a good Mm -hmm. reason? Yeah. Maybe they liked your hair. Maybe they liked your shirt. Mm -hmm. Maybe they weren't even thinking about you because (laughs) the world doesn't revolve around you. Maybe they were thinking about themselves. Maybe you remind them of someone else. There's thousands of reasons why they Mm -hmm. could be looking at you that are, that have nothing to do with you negatively. Mm -hmm. So it's like, let's take that moment. And instead of internalizing it as a negative thing, people look at me and there must be mm-hmm. something wrong with me. Let's pull that out and examine it and analyze it and kind of like turn the light on and go, Oh, maybe this isn't, you know, maybe there isn't a monster under the bed. And yeah. Maybe it's just a shadow and then we can come to a better conclusion about it.
0: Yeah. That's so good, because depending on what you're paying attention to, what you're reading, what you're listening to, you're going to make assumptions about other people and what they're mm-hmm. thinking and what their motives are and what their intent is. And I, you just can't. You just can't do it. I mean, like, even forget the politics and race and health you know, stuff that's going on. Like, mm-hmm. I can't even tell you what my husband's thinking when he says things to me. <laughs> like, he'll brush me off and he, he won't even realize it or he'll say something to mean the best of intentions by it. But, oh, do I want to assign some value to it? You know what uh-huh, I mean? Uh-huh, uh-huh, I can't even uh-huh. get it right in my own home. So how am I supposed uh-huh. to get it right when I'm outside in the big world when I'm surrounded by people I don't even know or never met? Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. And it, with we have to constantly... Remind ourselves of that. And I think Mm -hmm. as Christians, we can always come back to love your neighbor Mm -hmm. and go, okay, like, let me love my neighbor, which, you know, is frequently also my enemy. And that gives us kind of like a true north because, yeah, I mean, and we can't expect to be perfect, but Mm -hmm. it's that intentionality, right?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, we've touched on a lot of reasons why it's important now more than ever before to participate in critical thinking. Can you think of any other reasons that we might be
1: missing? Well, I I just think in general, I was saying this before, but like, we have this issue of access. I now have access to so much information that I need a way of processing it and figuring out what's true Mm -hmm. and then so that I can make good judgments about it and make good decisions based on that information. Mm-hmm. And the people who have the information have more access to us than ever before. So whether it's politicians, businesses, or, you know, I, I love getting texts. I prefer text to email now. <laughs> it's yeah. like, hey, we're having a flash sale. Like, oh no, that's not good for me. You know, they, they have access into our, anytime they want to, unless you mm-hmm. turn your notifications off. Politicians, the media, businesses, celebrities, they can just talk to you whenever Mm -hmm. they want to. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's this uh, concept called the uh, availability heuristic, which is basically, so we all have biases, right? We all have confirmation bias where, you know, things begin to be confirmed to you because you're seeing them often or in a certain way and mm-hmm. availability heuristic is another one of these where it's like so if I get an email from a business talking about unprecedented times and then I walk into a store and there's a sign that says unprecedented times and then politicians are saying unprecedented times next thing I know I'm saying unprecedented times. right and I never had a thought process about it I just was like oh it's unprecedented times yeah <laughs> but if we read me- a
0: history book find out that this is not
1: something new (laughs) it's not new it's not even the worst one ever Mm -hmm. so yeah exactly history is so important it's so important knowing knowing the context of what you're in is so is so Mm -hmm. important but yeah so we need Mm -hmm. to use critical thinking the first step of critical thinking really is to just know that you need to apply it. You know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. just stop for a second, just for a second and think about it. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't go through a whole list of, of steps, just to stop for a moment and consider is just crucial because of all this, this information overload and the tailoring of the information you know, as well, it's like Google and Facebook and, you know, they have all your information like it or not. And they're talking to you all the time and they're showing you ads. And it's just, mm-hmm. it's very difficult to know when you're inside of a bubble. But I also recommend to people that you intentionally create, curate your life is what right. I say, like curate your life and then make sure that you're intentionally going out of that bubble so that you're not living in an echo chamber and mm-hmm. losing touch with reality and facts yeah. and the perspectives of other people and how they might feel or perceive a situation, if only because if you do think that you have the truth and you figured something out, it's really hard to present the truth to, to people if you don't understand how they're viewing the situation to mm-hmm. begin with. hmm
0: so, oh, yeah, that's so good. Like I'm even thinking like simple change of geography will get you out of your bubble pretty quickly. And mm. so I think of, you know, we've done some traveling lately and just seeing even how different states have been dealing with the pandemic is just open eye-opening and inspiring and encouraging. Wild. And so, <laughs> so I do, I do remind my kids that we are in a bubble that the people that in our community They have the same, somewhat the same education. Their parents have the same education level. They have the same types Mm -hmm. of jobs. We have certain experiences in our neighborhood. We live right outside Manhattan. So our life is very different from people that live in other parts of the country. And Mm -hmm. I often remind them of that. And, you know, thankfully my oldest is looking at colleges and she's looking, she's looking down South. Like she's really Mm -hmm. intentionally saying, I want to get out of this area. Not because I hate it. Not because, you know, I want to be done with it, but because I want to experience other people with other viewpoints with other ways to live and she's she's really excited about the prospect of that like understanding Mm -hmm. that this is gonna this is a different kind of exposure you know Mm -hmm. and that I Mm -hmm. I'm gonna do this because this is gonna be an exciting experience for me so maybe it'll be interesting to see how that goes but yeah I mean I think reminding our children that there's a bigger world too outside of their little circle is important yeah absolutely so what are the things that it's crucial to apply this to? I mean, I think we've already mentioned them, but like mm.
1: everything. I think- really. <laughs> <laughs> everything all the time, um, you know, I'm the, we kind of like started with our kids. I've been a little more intentional recently, mm-hmm. although this is kind of a foundational principle for, for my husband and I, and I'm, I know that I'm like kind of <laughs> a bit of a weirdo. Like my, my dad, is uh, he went to school for engineering and then he got into computers. And so he's got that kind of analytical, he taught me to ask why. And mm-hmm. then I went to school for, for English and I've been a writer since I was little. And I went to school for acting and in both of those fields, it's, you need to ask why you need to under, be mm, able to understand yeah. things from different perspectives and you need to know the, what are the motivations behind why people do such and such. So, you know, having that analytical, being aware that you can, mm. and then applying that analytical part of your, of your mind's. That's like second nature to me. So trying to build that into my kids where they don't think like, I need to apply critical thinking skills to this moment, but just, to, just so that it becomes like yeah. a natural thing. And the most recent one has been just something as simple as when we're getting ready to leave the house. You know, I said, Hey, it's time to go. You need to go, you know, you need to go, you guys need to go get dressed. And they, they, got up and started to walk away. I said, wait a minute, (laughs) how are you going to, how do you know what to wear? (laughs) I think you're going to need to ask me a few questions. And I was like, this is a teaching moment, you know? So, and I put it to them, like a lot of people don't stop and think. Hmm. And what would happen if you didn't ask me where we're going or what are some, and I asked them to give me like, what are some questions that you might need to ask in order to know mm-hmm. what to wear? And they said, well, what's the weather outside? I said, that's important, right? Cause you could be, it could be hot and you could put on like a sweater and sweatpants and you'd go outside and be sweating. You don't want to mm-hmm. do that, but what if it's cold? And what if it's cool? And th- what are the different options that you have? And mm-hmm. how are you going to make a good decision about what to wear?
0: What activities are we going to do? Do, what do or sandals
1: yeah. or? Yeah. And I tell you, ever since I asked them that question the first time, they're more intentional now. Mm. They want to know, you know, because, you know, when we go to church, we dress a bit nicer than, yeah. you know, if we're just going to some meeting or we're going to the grocery store. Yeah. So it's, it's little things like that, that I think start to just build that muscle I need to consider some factors here before I make a decision. Mm. And I think it can be as simple as that. Obviously, if, if you do any, like if you do any research into critical thinking, you'll find the classic like who, what, when, where, and how. And then within there, there's so many other sub questions within each of those. But I think a big one that we need to be asking ourselves whether we're talking about, you know, a racial issue, whether we're talking about the pandemic or you know where am I going to go to college where am I going to live what kind of a church am I going to go to et cetera, et cetera? two things consider the source and compare it to what mm, because good. first of all the sources vary <laughs> and just because a bad source a bad source can give you good information sometimes you just right. gotta chew on the meat spit out the bones but you need to know that Mm. Again, I think it's just coming back to that, just being aware of, I should be aware of the source. Mm -hmm. And, you know, something I frequently do, if I read an article, I look at who it's written by, usually before I I even read it, or if I get halfway through and I'm like... wrote this and then I click on their name or I google them and I see Mm -hmm. what other things they've written and I go okay I I can get a basic idea of where this person is coming from again it's that personal epistemology Mm -hmm. okay they're using words like this those are buzzwords Mm -hmm. that people use when they want to make sure people know what their perspective is Mm -hmm. without them having to explain themselves so you know you can go oh okay I get the I know the perspective which means, especially if it's a different perspective from the one that I've decided is the best one, that means I can go, okay, this, this information has been filtered for me mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I might need to, to get to the source or at least use my powers of critical thinking to look at it from another angle.
0: You know, one thing as you were talking about as you're reading through things and you see these words that are continued to use as a writer, I know the power of words and I know Mm -hmm. what it's like to agonize over the right word, make sure it's Mm -hmm. in there. But so much of the stuff that we read and hear today is like agonized over too, And so that when words are chosen and like it matters, like I saw a study recently over the words that they were playing with and trying to figure out which is the most effective when it comes to Mm -hmm. COVID and getting people to get vaccine, what words and what language would compel them. And so like, no matter what it is, there are like people spending a lot of time thinking about how to convince you of their point of view or convince you of something that they want you to do. And Mm -hmm. so even in my world of marketing, like what's the Mm -hmm. pain point? What is it that I'm trying to to touch with that person? And so to keep in mind that the words that other people are using and choosing are very intentional. Yeah. And so stop for a moment and recognize how does this make me feel? And does this feeling line up with something else I've heard or experienced or read or seen? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think being aware that other people are being intentional mm-hmm. and you know, not to the point of of being what's the word? <laughs> um, <laughs> cynical. Right. You know, we don't want to become hard and cynical, mm-hmm. but you know, we want to be aware and mm-hmm. I, I just find I talk to people sometimes that they can't imagine that Someone would have a bad motive. (laughs) Like, like, (laughs) (laughs) I I am really sorry to burst your bubble, but no, that that this article was written like this Mm -hmm. because of these reasons, and in order to get you to think these things. And it was done intentionally. It wasn't off the cuff. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's a really, really important point. And you know, it's just a factor. One of the things I like about critical thinking is that there are different, there's different factors that you can pull from in order to evaluate something. It's not just one, you don't just go, okay, one, one avenue to get to the truth
0: Mm -hmm. of,
1: of this. I can pull from different things and come to a conclusion and I'm not locked into something, Mm -hmm. you know, so but yeah, people we really do need to be more aware of exactly what you just said, that there mm-hmm. are people who are looking to get something out of us. And it can it's not necessarily always a negative thing. Mm-hmm. If you're gonna say something, you may as well say it in a persuasive way or in a beautiful mm-hmm. way or in a in an enticing way, an attractive way. You may as well, you know suit as hamlet says, suit the action to the word and the word to the action but there are people the people are actually doing that and Mm -hmm. we need to know that they're doing that and it's not just in a you know an advertisement for a product that they want you to buy Mm -hmm. so much has become a product these days (laughs) yeah
0: for sure
1: and then compared to what I mean, we were just we're in Florida, so we were at the beach. It's been hotter than usual, but the water is still very cold. But my kids will get in any water anywhere at any yeah. time. <laughs> if they get icicles on their <laughs> in oh, yeah. their hair, they'll get in the water. So you know, we the kids jumped in the pool after you'd been in the beach, and someone was someone else was at the pool, and the kids were like it's fine. The water is cool. And the guy was like, yeah, compared to what? I was like, well, compared to the ocean, the water was, but that matters. (laughs) It does matter.
0: That's like a great example of why it's really important to understand the context.
1: Mm -hmm. Sure. Absolutely. And I talk about that with my kids a lot because I think, you know, parents be warned if you're going to try to teach your kids critical thinking from an early Mm -hmm. age. They're going to ask why a lot. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for us, it starts with obedience. So you obey first. Mm -hmm. We're happy to have a conversation about why you need to do this, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't come before obedience. And that's the way we need to be with God, too. Like God says, do it. We're not going to argue with God. (laughs) I -hmm. mean, we do sometimes, but (laughs) (laughs) that's not what we should do. And He welcomes the conversation. But Obedience has to be that the first impulse, mm-hmm. because and what I've said to my kids, you know, sometimes it's literally a life or death situation. If we're, you're about to run out in front of a car, we can't have a conversation about why you shouldn't do that. Right? You need, you obey first, so obedience first. But for as as parents, we have to be prepared for the patience that it requires mm-hmm. to raise kids who are going to think critically because they think critically about everything and they want to yeah. have a conversation all the time about why. And, and, you know, and that's good. But Like I said, parents be warned, but, you know, I talked to, to my daughter, especially girls are, are just more attuned to like social dynamics, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. and she often finds she's already a bit of an introvert and someone who <laughs> kind of examines a situation before she decides how she wants to engage in it. She's been Mm -hmm. like that since she was, since she could walk, she's been like that. And I've had to go, I've had to try to understand her as her own individual imago Dei, you Mm -hmm. know, Mm -hmm. like, God, you made her. (laughs) Okay. Let's figure this out. But sometimes we'll have these conversations where, you know, her old school, she would sit by herself at recess. And because the kids were playing games that she was like, she evaluated the game <laughs> she was like, I don't wanna play that, <laughs> that's, that's a stupid game. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, at first I, I was concerned cause I, you know I, obviously I don't want her to miss out on childhood fun but also a lot of childhood fun is just stupid kind of stuff that's like you're not thinking mm-hmm. and can lead to accidents and hurt feelings and, and issues. So there is a balance there obviously, but it's mm-hmm. given us a lot of opportunities to just talk about, well, you know, they're not really thinking it through like like you are. And mm-hmm. that's okay. They just haven't been taught that or they're not working on that skill right now. And that's all mm-hmm. right. And you are and the same skill that you applied to that game that told you you didn't want to play that game, Mm -hmm. the same skill you need to apply to yourself when you're sitting there by yourself. It's not because of anything wrong with you. You chose to sit there by yourself. And Mm -hmm. another saying that we have in our family is everybody gets to choose and there's going to be consequences. You can choose to do the wrong thing, Mm -hmm. but you still get to choose. So you could still evaluate the situation and go, you know what, it's not the thing that I would love to do at this moment, but let me weigh my options here. Do I want to sit by myself at recess or do I want to play with the other kids? Mm-hmm. You could choose to play with the other kids and do a game that's not the best game in the entire world. It's not hurting anybody. It's not hurting you. You just kind of like get over yourself for a second and just go and play. And if that's what you want to do, right? Mm -hmm. And so teaching them also just to be able to weigh those kinds of options and go, okay, I have a choice here that's going to produce two different outcomes. Which one do I prefer? And maybe this time I'll try that one. Next time I'll try this one and see which one's the best. So yeah, I think giving them, giving them options, even starting from a young age, you know, do you want to wear the red shirt or the blue shirt? A lot of people will suggest, you know, giving kids Those kinds of options where there's not really a wrong answer, so that they can learn independence. But I think they're also learning critical thinking. They're Mm. learning, okay. Well, if I wear if I wear this long sleeve shirt, I'm going to be hot. My son's always hot. Yeah, (laughs) he's like, I'm not wearing that, and I'm not wearing it because I'm always I'm going to get hot in it. Yeah, that's critical thinking. Yeah, you know,
0: that's good. You know, I. Like I was, I was raised in a home that was probably more on the strict side. And so I could be obedient, That there was not a problem with me being obedient, but when I got into mm. the workplace, I kept getting feedback on my reviews that said they wanted me to take initiative and they wanted me to mm. go above and beyond. And I'm like, but what do you mean? Like, I, do, I did what you told me to do, but that was like the way it was in my house. Like there was mm. no questioning and, and like my parents were doing the best job they, they could for sure. sure. It's not necessarily a criticism, but it was very much like. This is what I'm telling you to do, and you have to do it. I don't think there was a lot of room for why. And again, like you can allow our kids to ask the why questions without throwing out obedience, but giving them the opportunity, like you still have to wear the shirt. You just get to
1: pick which color. You know what I mean? Like you're wearing a shirt. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you want to wear a long sleeve or a short sleeve. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm
0: and I'm a big fan too of if they chose not to bring their jacket and I told them to bring their jacket there's going to be a natural consequence. I'm okay yep. with the natural consequence. And this is something my husband and I have gone back and forth and he's like, well, just bring it anyways. And I'm like, no, 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 no. They don't <laughs> want to bring it. I'm not putting it in the back of the van just in case, because then they're never going to learn to say, oh, this is what I have to consider the next time I leave the house.
1: Yeah. Is it cold. Yeah. Is it going
0: to rain. What, what is it that I need to know?
1: I'm right with you. I did that just happened to us the other day. My daughter was going back and forth about bringing a, a jacket and I was like you might need it you should just bring it but if you decide you don't want to wear it you're carrying it you yeah. can wrap it around your waist yeah. and we came to a moment where she didn't want to have it on she tried to hand it to me I was like no put <laughs> <laughs> it around your waist sister that's what I'm doing with my sweatshirt too yeah. so that's just natural consequence you've got to choose mm-hmm. you made a choice and you can make an adjustment next time if you don't like wearing this jacket yeah. around your waist. But yeah, and it, you know, it's, I think it also comes back to self-control, teaching our kids, mm-hmm. you know, to, to be a critical thinker means you have to activate self-control. Mm-hmm. So that when you're given, you're confronted with some information, you don't just have a visceral reaction to it and then throw your judgment, action, words, whatever, right back at it, you Mm -hmm. stop and you have self-control and you evaluate what's going on. Why do I feel like this? Mm -hmm. Or what is it that there's, whether it's factual, whether, whether you're evaluating facts or you're evaluating feelings or both, but to have the self-control, that fruit of the spirit that really, you know, unlocks all the other ones, you know, so to speak, that's, that's the critical component to it as well. Mm -hmm. I think obedience is a type of self-control too. So it really kind of comes back to that. Of course, that's not a glamorous.
0: No. (laughs) (laughs) That's what so many of us lack nowadays. But really, we just want to go to the, say the next thing that comes to our head. We want to post the next thing that comes to our mind and it can get out of control. All right. So as we wrap up, you've given us a Mm -hmm. really, a couple of really good tips. And, and what, I, what I like about what you're saying is that some of it I'm already doing. So I feel like yeah. this is, we can do this. This is like you said, it yeah. doesn't need to be like a lesson of like, let's sit down and learn how to think critically. But, but what, are the, what other tips do you have for us about how we can teach our kids this?
1: I think understanding what your kids like and finding ways of integrating critical thinking into that. For example my kids love Harry Potter so and we're I'm homeschooling and I needed them to work on some like a writing assignment Mm -hmm. and what I had them do was imagine that they were a student at Hogwarts during that last battle scene but somebody that we we've never seen before so like how does that the fact is you're not going to change because their first their first impulse was to add all of these different events into it and I said no no new events everything is exactly as it is in the movie but you're there what does it look like from your perspective how you know what are you doing while this other thing is going on how Mm -hmm. do you can you know contribute to it you know so I think you know if your kids are into gaming you're already learning a lot of critical thinking skills mm, in true. most video games mm-hmm. you have to get to the end of this level you have to beat the boss you have to adjust your strategies and i'm not the type of person that's down on video games i've been playing video games my whole life and I love <laughs> <laughs> so i'm a bit of a weirdo in that sense but you know it it i love how it teaches kids games teach kids resiliency Mm. You fail the level, you don't go. Oh, I'm never playing that again. You go. Oh, I got to play it again, and I got to make some adjustments. Mm. And that we can learn how to translate that into our real lives. But I think just figuring out like what is it that that are things that are already motivate your kids that your kids already love to do, and take a moment to stop and analyze whatever whatever that is in that Mm. moment, and you know, those questions are like, who, what, when, where, how, why, why is obviously the biggest one that you can, you can just pepper in like the kids ask us why, but we can ask them why, mm. now, why are you doing it that way? Why would you, why do you think we might do this this way instead of this other way? Mm-hmm. Or what do you think would happen if we did this instead of that? You know, let, we're going to go to the playground, And what would happen if you did it this way instead of went down the slide this way instead of that way? Or Mm -hmm. I don't want you to stay sitting at the bottom of the slide. Well, why not? That's critical thinking. And so it can be so, it can be so, so simple. And like I said, just adding it into, obviously we have to be aware and we have to grab those little opportunities when we see them. But making it something that's just a normal part of, of our lives Mm -hmm. and it becomes normal to them because kids model us. Right. Mm -hmm. So the more we ask them questions, the more they're going to ask us questions. And we keep that, we keep that, that muscle, you Mm -hmm. know, active and working and then giving, trying to give them opportunities to do, to do things where they're going to confront some critical thinking opportunities, even if it's just as simple as the shirt thing or giving them an option of, what are we gonna take to the beach? Well, Mm. and why, and why not? And what's gonna happen if we take this? And also I think sometimes I'll explain myself to them
0: Mm, rather than
1: just making a decision. I'll explain why, well, I'm not gonna bring the tent (laughs) <laughs> this time, why not well I don't want to carry it and I would rather not have the sunshade because we're not going to stay very long and it's a low uv index today because I looked it up mm-hmm. and so uh, that's fine for me if we're just there for a short period of time it's kind of cloudy I don't need the tent mm-hmm. and so I'm not going to take it and then just the so easy, simple, them hearing me explain why I'm making a decision, mm. they think about that. And that's just, like I said, starts so to become like a second nature that you would ask questions and that it's not, you know, asking people, why are you doing something can be very confronting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we can bring a lot of our past Experiences and failures and yeah, things to that. So, creating an environment where asking why is not a judgment, it's mm-hmm. just a simple question because you're trying to find out
0: more information. The answer,
1: yeah, and more information and make a good decision. I think that is really healthy too. Mm. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I, I can see
0: where. Like as parents, we often think, well, I don't have to explain why I'm doing what I'm doing or why you should be mm-hmm. doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. But I do think that when I offer up the kind of information you suggested, it makes sense to them. And then they're, they're more likely to, to be obedient and listen sometimes when they know my why behind what it is mm-hmm. that I'm doing. But it yeah, it does. It teaches them to think through all of the things they normally wouldn't think through in order to come to their conclusion.
1: And how are they going to know? Yeah. Yeah. How are they going to know if you just do things, Mm -hmm. but you never talk about why Mm -hmm. they don't, then it's kind of mysterious and they don't really know how you get to those Mm -hmm. conclusions. And then when they're faced with those kinds of options and questions, they don't really know. And they might be able to mimic you, but they won't have a a process of their own. Right. And they'll think that they
0: have to have all the answers and they, they don't know how to get
1: to those answers. Right, and yeah. like I said, we still obedience is still first. And as they've gotten older, I've had to be more intentional working with them about that because I will get into a conversation. And I'll be like, "Wait a minute, you're not doing what I told you to do." We're talking about it. <laughs> like, do the thing, and then yeah. we can talk about it, or we can talk about it while you're doing the thing. Yeah. But I don't have to prove the value of what mm-hmm. I'm asking you to do to you mm-hmm. for you to obey. You yeah. need to obey. And But we can talk about it because I do want you to know the why, mm-hmm. but the why isn't the reason why you obey. You mm-hmm. obey because I'm your parents. Gotcha. God gave you to me to steward you yeah. and take care of you and protect yeah. you and teach you. So <laughs> that's
0: a good distinction. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. But and then even- it
1: makes for fun.
0: It is. Yeah. I think it is fun, especially as they get older and they, you know, have more to say, but even asking them why, how many times do we do things and we don't even know why we do them. So, you know, I think that we can draw our kids into those moments where we're like, oh, so, Hey, why, why did you choose to do it that way? And they might realize, oh, I have no idea." and then we can redirect them too oftentimes without saying, do this my
1: way or do this because I told you to do it this way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I also think it's really important to, one of the things that makes me nervous about being a parent is when, you know, kids will internalize events Mm -hmm. and not always even talk about it and, you know, becomes a part of them. And so like, this is just something and maybe it's my own like weird quirk but it's just something that I'm kind of on guard with and so to to get them to stop and think about why they're reacting why they're squabbling with their sibling or whatever it is our our recent thing is kind and generous so we're just like kind and generous Mm -hmm. (laughs) like that's how we're gonna be we're kind and generous but to analyze it and go you know what my brother Hit me or kicked me or whatever. You know what? It actually was just an accident, but I mm. am all upset about it as if he's doing something, you know, to me or she took my thing or whatever it is, you know? To so go, wait a minute. Hold on. Let's stop for a second. You love each other. You're best friends. You get along 99% of the time could this have been just like an accident? Yeah. Was it an accident? Yeah. Okay. So we can let that feeling go and get back to playing and having a good time.
0: Yeah. And that conversation is good because it doesn't, because I often see if the conversation isn't had that way, there's this need for that child to want the other person to fix it to fix their mm. feelings, to fix the uh-huh. way they think about it. Uh-huh. And like, they need to do X, Y, and Z so that I'm happy now again. And it's because they didn't right. take the time to like think through or rumble with those feelings and dissect them. And is this something that was done on purpose? Or is this, you said with your daughter, with the hair, are they thinking bad thoughts about me or? Yeah. Is this is like nothing. I can move on and be done with yeah. this.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah.
0: yeah, lots of practice. All right. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. I I really appreciate how, just reminding us of how important critical thinking is, but also showing us that it is really as easy as just continuing to have open conversations with our children, stopping long enough to take a breath, identifying Mm -hmm. sources you know, marketing for lack of a better word (laughs) (laughs) and for, yeah, it's coming to our own conclusions. And, and I do believe too, um, that, you know, we can pray for discernment. I think that's something that maybe we don't do enough of, you know, like it's not like, like I'll pray before I do something big, but maybe I don't pray before I get online. (laughs) Maybe Maybe I should be praying. Okay, Lord, whatever I'm seeing today, (laughs) help me to filter that through your wisdom you know, Absolutely. through your truth and your grace, but yeah, and helping our kids to do the same—it's good. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, I am so grateful to be able to talk about this with you and and think critically about critical things.
0: <laughs> I know. I'm like, let's see, how can I do this better? And
1: what... <laughs> yes, for sure. Um, All right, so Thank fun. You. All right, bye-bye. bye, bye. Bye.